standard.tv slash Rene Ritchie. My new store is live and the first merch drop is about to happen. More on that in a bit. Okay, so rumors are making the rounds that the iPhone 12 or iPhone 13, one of the upcoming iPhones, will finally increase the megapixel count on the camera system to a number greater than 12, with 64 being the flavor of this particular week. I'm doing a whole series on the future of iPhone, so hit subscribe to make sure you don't miss any of it. Now, megapixels are all about quantity. They don't always help and can even hurt image quality. So what is Apple thinking? I'm Rene Ritchie, and this is all of that upcoming iPhone camera tech. Explained. Camera sensors are made up of pixels, just like screens are. But instead of displaying images to you, these are all about capturing those images for you. A megapixel is just a million pixels. In other words, when you multiply the horizontal number of pixels by the vertical number of pixels, the result is higher than a million. For the current iPhone camera spec, it's greater than 12 million, 4032 by 3024. Now, more megapixels aren't necessarily better because you also have to factor in the size of the sensor. See, the more you chop up the sensor, the greater the number of pixels and megapixels you get, but the smaller each of those pixels becomes. And the smaller the pixel, the worse it performs when it comes to capturing light, which means the worse photos it takes. What you really wanna do to improve image quality is increase the sensor size, which increases the pixel size, not pixel count, pixel size. That way, each pixel can take in more light. That's the kind of more that sucks less. And all of this is within reason, of course. End of the day, you want the best balance possible given the size constraints of the device and the distortions and aberrations you can get if you push anything too far in any one direction. For the last several years, Apple figured the best balance was holding the count at 12 megapixels while slowly improving just about everything else. Now, some other phone makers have been really aggressive about increasing megapixel count as well, or instead, especially in markets where they feel people care more about having the highest possible number on any given spec sheet. Recently, Samsung, by way of example, put a 108 megapixel sensor in the Galaxy S20 Ultra. To keep those pixels from being too tiny, Samsung is using a fairly massive sensor, but they're also using something called pixel binning. That's a process where a group of pixels are averaged together to try and get a result that's better than the sum of the individual parts. In this specific case, binning nine pixels down to one, or 108 megapixels all the way back down to 12. Now you can still shoot the full 108 megapixels if you really want to, and in extremely bright, outdoor, well-lit situations, you'll get usable results. But for indoors or lower light, that binning and that filtering will kick right back in hard. What Apple, and for that matter Google, have been doing instead is something called image stacking. Instead of shooting a ton of pixels and binning them down, the iPhone shoots a ton of exposures in rapid succession, and then the image signal processor, the ISP on the A-series chipset, churns through them pixel by pixel and picks the best part of each and every exposure for each and every pixel. It started with the relatively simple high dynamic range, HDR. Take a photo, take an overexposure, take an underexposure, combine them together, and you get a photo with more detail in both the highlights and shadows. But now, thanks to machine learning, the ISP can detect textures like clouds and ropes, even faces and parts of faces, and then process everything slightly differently to render out the best possible results for each and every element in the scene. So why even pixel bin then? Well, it's got the advantage of speed. It's doing less work on more data. It's not hard to imagine though, that if Apple did both, 
bin down four to one from 64 to 16 or something like that, and then apply smart HDR stacking, semantic rendering, tonal mapping, and all the rest of the machine learning, they could potentially get even better results even faster. Now, the second part of the iPhone camera rumors involve zoom, which is something I've been complaining about for a while now. Huawei and Samsung have added periscopes to their camera systems to greatly increase optical zoom. Basically, because phones just aren't thick enough for traditional zoom lenses, inside of having them stick half an inch out of the phone, they lay them on their sides, trading depth for width. Then they use mirrors to redirect the light, like a periscope. Google, by contrast, took their HDR plus image stacking technology and souped it up to make better digital zoom, pretty much using the minute movements of the phone while taking a photo to capture extra data and then computing the hell out of that data to make the zoom look way sharper and the colors way more accurate than anything the sensor could capture by itself, ever. Apple could absolutely do something similar, but add smart zoom on top of a better telephoto. That could work out to three times optical, much better 10 times digital on the iPhone 12, maybe even five times optical, even good 20 times digital on the iPhone 13. And that way we could capture kids playing sports, pets in the park, all the sites when traveling, you know, when we can go back to doing all that stuff again one day. And like I've said numerous times before, it's an area where Apple is currently behind, not just compared to normal cameras, but compared to other camera phones. The last of the most recent iPhone camera rumors involves a completely new kind of camera, not a two megapixel macro. (laughs) Sorry, Marquez. Who's asking for these two megapixel macro cameras? No, an anamorphic lens. Now, there are historical reasons for why anamorphic lenses exist, but it's safe to say they remain in use today primarily for the way they look. They're not round, and so the bokeh they capture, the blurry lights in the background, aren't round either, which can be really visually interesting. And the lens flares you can get. Well, if you have ever seen J.J. Abrams' Star Trek movie, you know all about the lens flares you can get with anamorphic. So if anamorphic lenses in the modern age are less about practicality and more about artistry, why would Apple, of all companies, want to include one? Well, this is just a rumor, so it may have a loose or absolutely no connection to reality at all. But I'll tell you why Apple might drop an anamorphic lens next year, right after I tell you about the new mug I'm dropping right now. It's just gone live at standard.tv slash Renee Ritchie. And yeah, it's a mug, a practical, useful, comforting mug for coffee, tea, cocoa, whatever beverages you deem best. It's the first thing I've done since starting this new channel, and I just love the way it's turned out. But what I especially love is that if you order right now, it also comes with a free month of Nebula. Nebula is the amazing new streaming video service I'm building with my education-y YouTube creator friends. People like Polymatter, Jordan Harrod, AltShiftX, Knowing Better, Jacob Geller, Patrick H. Willems, and many, many more. It's a place where we can try out new ideas without having to worry about the tyranny of the algorithm or being demonetized or just being told to stay in our niche down lane. I just did my very first Nebula original. It's part of the working title series where all of your favorite creators take all of their favorite television shows and tell you why they love them so much through the lens of their title sequences. Mine is all about one of my favorite shows, Buffy the Vampire Slayer. It's something I could just never post here on this channel, but it fits perfectly on Nebula. As do all of my regular videos, videos just like this, but without any ads or sponsorships at all. Also, special, extended, full-length versions of my podcast interviews, 45-minute chats with iJustine, Brian Tong, Walt Mossberg, and more. Again, things that would just get buried by the algorithm but can thrive on Nebula. 
And because I'm launching the new store, if you head on over right now and order the first drop, the brand new mug, you'll also get that month of Nebula absolutely free. Even if you already subscribe to Nebula, you'll get that free month tacked right onto your existing subscription. Danner.tv slash Rene Ritchie. Thanks, as always, for your support. Now, maybe, just maybe, I say ever so trepidatiously, think about it. If Apple of all companies is planning or even considering an anamorphic lens, it would be precisely for the artistry. I mean, just close your eyes. Can't you imagine the keynote demo? Just exactly like J.J. Abrams' Star Trek. Maybe it could be done computationally as well and on the main wide-angle camera. But either way, it'd be something incredibly fun to see and to shoot with. At least that's what I think. Now, I want to hear from you. Hit like, hit subscribe if you haven't already, and ring that bell so you'll be notified when new shows go live and we can hang out and chat together in the comments. Then hit up those comments and let me know. What do you want to see from the next couple of generations of iPhone cameras? More of the same, just better, or something really radically different? Thanks for watching and check out this playlist, this one of these playlists for all my other previews. Just click and I'll see you next video.